0: uprooting the schedule and doing a solo episode instead of having a guest because something happened that I think the world needs to talk about in a different way. And so I didn't want to wait a week to get all of this off my chest and out there in the world because we have such a public example right now of what so many people go through. So I talked on Monday's episode this week about how many people are just struggling right now and how difficult things seem to be. And for me personally, when I get really overwhelmed and there are so many things happening at once, it can affect me physically. And I don't feel well whether it affects my sleep or my stomach. And I do not think we talk enough about the connection between our emotional. Well being and our physical well being. For me, they're so intertwined. And if we all take a look, I think you can see that in your own lives as well. And so I want to talk about a story that happened. It happened on Saturday and it really, really started getting more momentum on Sunday and Monday. And it touches me on so many levels because I've been there and I get it. So a local TV anchor. In Albany, New York, was suspended after slurring and misspeaking on air. She got the, she was transferring over to the weather and she got someone's name wrong and she was uh, slurring and disheveled. And it got a lot of attention, right? And so, what's the first thing that people do? Most often, In this world, people judge or criticize or make assumptions, and thank goodness this has not turned into a talk about alcohol or drugs or anything like this. What ended up happening is that Heather Kovar, who is usually a weekend anchor on a CBS affiliate in Albany, slurred her words and got the name of the anchor wrong and the 6 o'clock news on Saturday night. So a a prime time slot. And she later came out and apologized and explained. She said she was sleep deprived and exhausted and still dealing with the passing of her dad, losing her father. And I cannot recall when that was. It was months ago and she took time off to deal with the loss and be with family and do those things. But then when she returned to work, like so, so many of us, she tried to make up her hours. And so her first weekend back, she volunteered to do morning and evening, something like that. And instead of it just being for the one weekend, it has continued for months. And I just want to talk about When we're going through something, how scary it can be when you're not performing at the level you're used to performing. So, this could continue for her with grief. There are so many things that people don't see and understand. And just because it's been a few months and she's back to work does not mean that she's not struggling still. And then we take her sleep and we Mess around with that. And she's doing all of this because she doesn't want to lose her job because she cares about her career. And we've all been in that position when we're tugged in two directions, when we're physically not okay, but we have an obligation and we live in a world that doesn't talk about it enough. And that's what I do. That's part of my role with Grief Hab, and what I do with people is talk to your employers for you, with you, so that people understand that I want to come back, I want to keep my position, and I can't function the way I did previously at this time, and maybe not at all. Time will tell. But people don't, we're not taught to advocate these things for ourselves, let alone to look for someone to advocate for us. And I just want you to know whether it's going back to school and not being able to focus the same way and struggling to study versus sleep. These are things that we all go through in life. And we do not talk enough about the fact that these two things are intertwined. We have students staying up all night to get the grades, what toll is that taking on their health and what then ripple effect does that have on our emotions? So I just personally wanna say and send my love and condolences to Heather who is going through such a difficult time personally and now the whole world knows about it. It's hard enough to get up each day and deal with living without the person we lost in private. And now this is all over social media and people are talking and judging. And what we need to do when these things happen, when we see someone that we care about who isn't looking or sounding okay, we can't sit back and do nothing. She was surrounded by other staff and colleagues. I find it hard to believe that someone else didn't notice she was a little bit off. And instead of walking around worrying about upsetting people and punishments and consequences, we need to just start with simple questions like, is everything okay? Plain and simple. When someone is running late, when someone misses an appointment, when someone doesn't do their usual routines, a lot of times they're met with anger and frustration. Where were you? What? What's going on? We need to go back before that and just start with, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Is there anything going on that you need to talk about or that I don't know about? Is there anything I can do to help you right now? Is there anything I can, is there any conversation I can help you start with someone else? Is there any task I can take off of your list? We need to be more supportive and less judgmental. And for those of us struggling, this is something I do with my clients and I do it in my workshops all the time because I've been there and I know that in the heat of the moment or or even just in passing, when someone says, do you need anything? A lot of times we need so many things and we truly don't know what or how to answer in that moment. So I encourage and invite everyone listening to think about the things that are your biggest challenges and to have those things written down or separated in some way so that when someone asks if you're struggling or if you need anything, you have a ready-made answer. It also gives you more information. I love multiple choice, right? If somebody needs help with just one thing, That's great. But if somebody has three things that they need help with and they give you a choice, you're more able to meet one of those needs or help out in some way. So having this list also serves that purpose that you can say to people, I actually am struggling with these four things, but if you could help with any at any time, that would be amazing. And these can be things like picking up kids from school, walking your dogs, errands, editing, any and everything. We all have things that are so challenging for us and other people excel at those things. And so why not share that, hand off the things that are really difficult in life period, but especially when we're struggling. So I wanted to take this example because I truly thought I was losing my mind. I absolutely forgot names. I forgot important dates. I missed birthdays. I am the girl who can list off everyone's birthday, be the one to remind you. So that was so out of character. And of course I wasn't okay. And and people understood. But as time passes and, and months go on and you're working and getting back out there and doing things in the world... People only see what we look like. And so they see you functioning and they think you're okay. And if we don't tell them, I am not sleeping well. I can't tell you the last time I had a full meal. Whatever those basic needs are that we're missing matter. And that is truly a piece of healing, whatever issue we're dealing with, physical or emotional. With my clients that are in major trauma, It might sound silly, but in the beginning, I am focusing on setting alarms to make sure we stay hydrated, setting alarms to eat something every couple of hours, even if it's only a few bites. I've been there and I get it. And so I want this example to help others understand that suffering and struggling after loss is indefinite. There's no end date. A lot of the world assumes that the first year is the challenge and that once you get past that first year, things go back to the way they were. And that's just not true. I think the second year was harder for me, for many, because reality sets in. The first year is adjusting to this new everything. And the second year, it's recognizing that this was not just a bad dream and this really is my life. And so we cannot take for granted things that we teach babies, taking breaks to go to the bathroom, taking naps when we need to sleep, eating. And I understand cooking was difficult for me. It's one of the last things that I was able to get back at that I was missing after losing Jim. And it is a trigger for me a lot of the times, cooking for just myself instead of both of us. But that doesn't mean you abandon nutrition altogether. There are still ways to focus on, for me as a vegetarian, protein. I will have a protein shake every day because I can tell you, I certainly will not eat enough protein no matter whether it's the best or worst day. So there are things that we can do that have nothing to do with getting through the trauma, but they help us, our physical machine, our body, our engine function better. And if we are physically at a better place, we're better equipped to handle the emotions. All of the same things are still going on, but we are at a healthier place to cope to problem solve, to reach out to others, to communicate what's going on. Think about a toddler who gets no sleep. We're no different. Just because we can perform and get through a day when we're exhausted doesn't mean we aren't moody and irritable and responding to things differently than we would if we're sleeping well. So I, I, truly believe that this can be turned into an amazing example of how we can be more compassionate and supportive as individuals, as friends, as colleagues, just by checking in and asking if things are okay and focusing on the basics. Sometimes we want to help and we want to be able to have some monumental piece of advice when all people really need is for us to be there and making suggestions like drinking water and having a little snack mean more than you know, and and you can help someone who I promise you the last thing they're thinking about when you're in that much pain is meals and sleep and nutrition, but it matters. So I just wanted to take a break from the normal routine and a regularly scheduled guest to talk about this because I guarantee you there's someone in your life who has lost someone or been through a trauma, car accident, some sort of abuse, some sort of horrible situation in the past and they are still struggling today in a way that you might not recognize. And I want this situation slurring which So often, people associate with alcohol, right? Behaviors that we take a certain way, we need to ask questions. Slurring to me means someone isn't okay, right? And we just have to get to the root of rest and physical relief, even if that means going to a doctor. Now, I hope that this. Situation can be looked at as a gift. In my opinion, the universe gives us things when we don't give them to ourselves. So maybe Heather went back to work too soon. Clearly, she was taking on too many shifts and too many back to back things and not getting rest. And maybe she never would have said, you know what, this is too much. So now there's a suspension. And instead of looking at that as a negative thing, I think it's really, really great that the world just gave you the time that you need to slow down and recover and rest and heal. And oftentimes we can look at, you know, the coach put me on the bench. I'm not allowed to play. I have to take this time out from whatever it is as a punishment when I really, really think in this case and in so, so many, it's a gift and it's a gift that you get to use however you need. And if you don't know what you need, slow down and ask the questions, ask the people who know you best. Do I seem okay lately? Am I acting like myself? Information just gives us a bigger picture, but the world is is a fast paced go, go, go machine. And we are not, taught and told enough that slowing down is not only okay, and not only necessary, it's wonderful. And the biggest answers and the best things can happen in those moments. So my thoughts are with you and this situation. And I know that it will lead to wonderful things. And I hate that it took a horrible situation for you to slow down but I do hope that we all can learn from this example. And so thank you for taking a break from Wednesday guests with me and being here. Just a reminder that next week is Relief from Grief. If you haven't registered, there is still time. And if you're listening to this later and wonder about what Relief from Grief is, you can always reach out to me, sam at samantharuth.com, and I can send you the replay or get you signed up for the next one. And please, please send me your nominations if you have them, who should be the recipient of the 2022 Jim Ruth Award. If you have a young adult, a teen, a child that is in need of some support whether it is financial for tuition or for an extracurricular activity, please. I'm accepting nominations and the winner will be announced at the September 10th walk that I'm hosting in Fort Collins. You can join me in person or virtually, and you can also make a contribution through donating to the fundraiser and sharing it with others. So thank you so much, everyone. Until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.